Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, September 13th, 528 a.m. Central Time. Uh, grain markets mixed this morning. December corn futures up three and three quarters at 480 and a quarter. November soybeans down two at 13.44 and a half. December Chicago wheat up 10 cents at 597 and a quarter last. December Kansas City wheat up nine at 739 and three quarters. December spring wheat up six and three quarters at 785 and three quarters. We had a USDA report yesterday. Why don't we start there? So USDA increased its estimate for this year's U.S. corn crop, while the national yield estimate was reduced to 173.8 bushels per acre. An increase in acreage resulted in a larger crop estimate compared to last month. Amid FSA data released in August, the USDA increased estimates for both planted and harvested corn acreage by 800,000. The U.S. Uh, the U.S. crop estimate of 15.133 billion bushels would be the second largest on record, behind only 2016, when U.S. farmers grew 15.148 billion bushels of corn. So, by all definitions, this is a monster crop. This is the second largest corn crop. If realized, this would be the second largest corn crop the U.S. has ever produced, just fractionally lower than 2016. In 2016, we had slightly lighter acres. We had 94 million planted acres, but we yielded 174.6 uh, in 2016, which is better than this year. So, uh, And that was above trend at the time in 2016. So second biggest corn crop on record. And just imagine how big it would have been had we had trend yields. Um, we absolutely lacked rainfall throughout the year. We fought drought uh, throughout the year, but the rains that did fall in July for a lot of places were very much timely. I suppose if, if USDA is correct about the yield number, um, it speaks to the advances that have been made in, in genetics and, and drought tolerance and that sort of thing. When you look at the balance sheet, this U.S. corn balance sheet for the new crop marketing year it looks impossibly bearish to me. I just, I don't know how you fix this. The the quick fix, I guess, would be China comes in and starts buying U.S. corn really aggressively, right? That would be the quick fix. The problem is that USDA, is, as, as far as most analysts are concerned, people that watch export sales, USDA is already overstating exports by a drastic amount. So it's going to be really tough to fix this corn balance sheet. That's not to say that something couldn't change. China could change. The yield number could change. Uh, maybe South America runs into a weather problem. But this corn balance sheet just looks, uh, it looks not so good, guys. And and you could paint a much more bearish situation even than the $2.22 billion that's uh, being advertised as of yesterday. What about soybeans? So USDA reduced its estimate for this year's U.S. soybean crop. The national yield projection was cut to 50.1 bushels per acre from 50.9 previously. Both planted and harvested acres were increased by 100,000. USDA reduced new crop U.S. demand projections to help ease the blow of a lighter crop. The crush projection was cut by 10 million bushels, while the export projection was cut by 35 million bushels. I don't like or necessarily agree with what USDA did on the 
crush projection here. So they cut their their projection for new crop soybean demand via domestic processors. We know we've got expanding crush capacity. We've got new plants. We've got some of the best crush margins uh, we've ever seen. And we know that we are, we're going to have export problems potentially because of this river issue. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I don't necessarily agree with the crush um, deal here. I know it's early, but I, I feel like we should be... Um, uh, I don't see the justification for a lower number, put it that way. So this soybean balance sheet, whereas the corn balance sheet looks like impossibly bearish to me, the soybean balance sheet looks really, really tight and could get dangerously tight if the right things happen. And it, and it really wouldn't take much. I mean, South American weather issue, um, some additional exports, you name it, it, it could get really, really tight, really, really fast. A lot of this goes back to my uh, longstanding theory or idea that uh, the market screwed up last winter and into this spring. The market should have bought more soybean acres. It bought too many corn acres. And now we're seeing the, the consequence of that. You've got this extremely bearish looking corn balance sheet and really a pretty tight, friendly looking uh, soybean balance sheet. So I, I think a lot of it goes back to that. Uh, what about the wheat numbers? So world wheat numbers were the lone bullish surprise in yesterday's report. World ending stocks for the current marketing year were well below expectations at 258.6 million metric tons. Crop estimates were cut for Argentina, Australia, Canada, and the European Union. Paired with a lighter old crop carryout estimate, the result was a 7 million metric ton reduction in the new crop global carryout estimate versus last month. That may have been enough to put some sort of short-term bottom in the wheat market. Um, uh, SRW Futures and HRW Futures posted fresh lows for this whole move yesterday, came back, closed higher. Uh, spring wheat futures had a good day yesterday. So maybe that maybe that was enough downside in the wheat market for the moment because that was, that was a friendly-looking deal on the uh, global wheat balance sheet. U.S. wheat balance sheet, uh, USDA didn't really touch much of anything. So um, a little bit friendly there. So every day is a great day to be a premium subscriber, but report day is especially good. Joe, can you uh, talk about the video you put together yesterday? So on report day, um, if you're on the text message list, and you should be, if you're not and you're a premium subscriber, let me know. Um, I blast out a text with the highlight items within 60 seconds of the release, and then I've got a snapshot video out within 20 minutes where I run through kind of like the uh, high-level view. We talk about the yield, talk about the acreage changes, all of that stuff. So report day is a great day to be a subscriber. We've got a ton of premium content out every single business day. Our email goes out about 5 a.m. Central Time every single day, guys. It's got all the overnight headlines, our six most recent premium videos. It's got all of our grain marketing recommendations, every sale that I've advised for corn, soybeans, and, and wheat broken down by crop, by crop year, by percentage uh, for the last couple of years. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, sign up this morning. I'll send you over a copy of this morning's email. Go to standardgrain.com. Uh, this is a $50 per month subscription. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Just a ton of info direct from us guys every single business day. Extended U.S. weather models have shifted wetter. While the next seven days will be mostly dry across the Corn Belt and the Mississippi River Valley, extended forecasts have introduced rain beginning in the middle of next week. The Euro and GFS mostly agree that rain will fall over Iowa and Minnesota. Amounts and locations will vary. The extended GFS through September 26th offers additional rain for the western side of the Mississippi River Valley. So some potential relief here for the river. This is a situation where rain may actually befriendly the market because it may result in 
uh, reduced barge rates, which could result in U.S. corn and soybeans being more competitive at the Gulf on the export market. Um, we're past the point, I think, where rain is going to help crop prospects, uh, aside from maybe you know winter wheat, that sort of thing. But uh, the river levels are still low, 9.8 feet below normal at Memphis this morning. The government projection is still that we'll be uh, very close to those record lows by next Friday. But if this forecast is reality, and keep in mind, you're talking a period that's eight, nine days out. It may not be right, but the models are starting to kind of agree here that, yeah, we do have some rain uh, in the forecast, and that would be absolutely positive in terms of export prospects uh, this time of year in particular. We could really use um, some improvement on this river. The USDA will help ethanol qualify for aviation fuel subsidies. The agency will spend up to $400,000 to adjust a federal greenhouse gas emissions model. The adjustment will allow ethanol used in the production of sustainable aviation fuel to be eligible for subsidies. The modification is expected to be complete by the end of the year, and the Treasury Department is anticipated to make a final decision on the modeling issue and who qualifies qualifies for subsidies by December. $400,000. Mackenzie, I wrote or I read what you wrote this morning and I had to go and double check it because I <laughs> thought it was wrong. I was like, when does the government spend $400,000 on anything? Everything you see the government spend money on now is marked in billions or trillions, right? 400,000. Mm -hmm. I mean, in any case, so they're trying to change this model so that uh, SAF can qualify for all of these um, subsidies and uh, tax kickbacks, whatever. So this would absolutely be positive. We've got some pending uh, news from the Treasury Department, which has been delayed now until December. But uh, this is one of those things that could help to uh, maybe solve, again, that impossibly bearish U.S. corn balance sheet. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to solve it this year, but uh, step in the right direction. Oil prices hit a new high for the year on Tuesday. West Texas Intermediate ended the day just over $89 per barrel, and Brent crude settled over $92 per barrel. According to OPEC, there will be a shortfall of 3 million barrels per day in the fourth quarter. With global demand increasing, some analysts believe oil could reach over $100 per barrel. Yeah, looking at the chart, I think you could easily trade 100 in WTI. So the peak following uh, Russia-Ukraine uh, was 130 in spot month futures, and we've rebounded here. Uh, May of last year, we bottomed out around 63 bucks, and uh, now we're trading closer to 90 this morning. So we've got a big recovery. Looks like kind of a breakout on the charts. Look like looks like that was a bottoming action uh, last year, which took a long time. It's, it took several months to form a bottom, but crude looks awfully strong. Um, Generally speaking, I would say this is, you know, maybe a friendly-ish type item for commodities in general, but it feels to me like right here and now, commodities are kind of doing their own thing, commodity by commodity. Corn prices are down because the fundamentals suck, right? Uh, crude prices are rallying because we've got production cuts. It's not like the first half of 22 where everything moved together. We're in kind of a different environment now. Traders expect an increased inflation print later this morning. Consumer prices are expected to rise 0.6% in August, the largest increase in 14 months. The increase is attributed to higher oil prices. Increased oil prices have the potential to cause inflation to climb to 3.6% in August, up from 3.2% in July. If energy is not factored into the equation, inflation does seem to be slowing in most parts of the economy. Many economists believe inflation will continue to slow and the Federal Reserve will hold rates steady. The CPI report will be released here this morning at 7.30 Central Time. 
Yeah, it would be cool if energy prices didn't factor into your own pers personal inflation calculation, but um, we all drive um, for the most part. Uh, in any case, this is not, uh, you're not close to the Fed's, you're getting close in, in some of their gauges to their 2% target, but the general trajectory here, this is all a big deal when it comes to interest rates, is higher for longer. And people were talking at one point, uh, rate cuts like this year, and now people are talking, oh, maybe they cut rates next year, but I don't know. I think higher for longer. I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't expect a, a big cut in rates anytime soon. Cattle were mixed yesterday. Yep, they sure were. Feeder, feeder cattle ranged from 90 cents lower to 80 cents higher. Live cattle were 10 cents lower to 40 cents higher. Uh, box beef had another down day. Choice ended the day at 308.03. That was down $2.08. Select ended the day at 283.78. That was down a buck 66 quiet day but it's still holding together awfully mm -hmm. awfully well uh u.s dollars about flat this morning stocks are off just a little bit ahead of that cpi print crude oil is up 50 cents 89.34 in the october wti everybody have a great day today we'll talk to you thursday